Hey, uh, Editing Rod here. Just a quick note before we get started. This episode and the next episode was recorded before the SAG strike began. We support writers, actors, and productions being paired fair wages. Many of our friends are writers and actors, and we wanted to make sure we weren't crossing any picket lines as well as just being good people. So now that we've been able to seek a little more guidance, we know that animation is a different guild slash union. And to our understanding, X-Men Evolution and X-Men 97 are not struck projects. So we're going to continue with the podcast unless we hear further guidance. And once again, please support SAG and WGA. Whether you're a writer, actor, any kind of working class, you deserve to be paid livable wages for what you do. Also, we've been seeing your comments. We're so glad you're enjoying the rewatch of Evolution with us. So please keep the comments and conversation going along with all those little bits of information and factoids that we might not know. Follow us on all of our social Cyclops, IWFM pod. All right, pass JC, take it away. Welcome to X-Men Evolution, episode five of Cyclops is waiting for me in X-Men, the animated. Nope, I fucked it up again. <laughs> Recap podcast. It's all X-Men animated. Dude, we said it so many times that now it's yeah. just embedded in my skull. So. It's like trying to write the right year on a check after the new year for like the first three months, except yeah. not thing anymore. <laughs> or or those first months of 2000 when it's like you start to write the date and you were literally writing the 19 in front and you're like, yeah. yep, and ripped up that check. <laughs> I'm JC and Rod and I, to date this podcast, are both still not recovered from VidCon. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very tired boys right now. Yeah, and I'm Rod as ditto because I spent all of the first day after VidCon in bed with my cat just ordering Uber Eats because I didn't leave the bed except to go to the bathroom. And then I to be I fair, okay. your cat is still being a lazy shit right now yep. on camera as we record this. Yep. She's, she's catting. <laughs> and then I thought it was okay Tuesday and then Wednesday I had to go train and rehearse for a thing that I'm going to be on in two months and then I wasn't okay again. So, You're doing uh, a Creator Clash 3. You're going to be boxing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I've, I've overcommitted so much. I wouldn't be surprised if I just ended up there. I will make sure that you're boxing against Harley from Epic Meal Time. Nice. He needs a he needs a comeback win after the last fight. There so easy win, yeah. So Cyclops is waiting for me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single and oh, I'm gonna mess this up too. Every single <laughs> X Men animated episode we can find. Yeah, it's just it's just like in your DNA now. Yep. Along with some bonus episodes, our first series started with the original X nineteen ninety two X Men the animated series. <laughs> then I didn't say it there. Building up to the release of X Men ninety seven coming to Disney Plus. We keep saying later this year. I might feel it technically thinking. has not at time yeah. of recording been officially delayed. Yeah, but since it's not here yet, we needed to find some other shows to cover. Did you hear that Disney's not going to be or Marvel's not going to be at San Diego this year? That is correct. They're not sending the studio. I don't okay. I don't know if that means that they're not doing the booth because that's the big like center booth of the entire floor uh, usually. Okay. So that part wasn't clear. I just knew that Marvel Studios was not going to be there they're along with Hall Disney, H. along with Star Wars. They're so doing the big Hall H event thing, right? That's where all the That's where the studio stuff usually is, yeah. yeah. So I mean, the, good for announcements. <laughs> no, definitely not announcements. And I think that has to do with the writer's strike. But mm -hmm. no, I want to say it was like the first Hall H panel in 20 years to have a comic book was literally last year. And it was Keanu Reeves's Berserker because oh, everything it's everything else since at least I've been going since 2009 has always been like movie studios and TV and stuff like that. So some quick reminders, we are a recap show about a series that started over 20 years ago. There will be spoilers if you don't want it spoiled for you. Pause the podcast, watch the episode, come back. We are not sponsored or affiliated with Marvel, Marvel Animation, Disney, or Disney Plus in any way. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And of course, make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services. Can we just have a quick pause and talk about the day of 30 oh. reels on Instagram, Rod? Was that really how much it was? I didn't. It was 10. There were 10 yeah, reels that were posted within a half hour of each other. Yeah, so I, I guess it was because I tried to schedule them out because we had a bunch of clips from the Leewalds and it, it Instagram banned my side of the account specifically. Yeah, which was weird because I could log into our account no problem uh -huh. and you were not locked out from your personal account. It was just you were locked out of Cyclops' waiting for me. Yeah, and I could watch things to a point until the messages would pop up. It made me think there's some glitch in the queue process because sometimes I could even like open up our account and see stuff, but then error messages would pop up. I knew they were layering on top of each other because you know how it grays out behind the message? Yeah. Every time the window would flash, the gray would turn darker and darker. So I think they were layering on top of each other until they went black. <laughs> and it said that it was a 48-hour ban because of suspicious activity. And that um, ended up being over five days. 
Yeah, because I, I kept trying at VidCon, and that's another thing that I thought maybe it's just like an IP address or something, you know? But no, I was on Hyatt Wi-Fi, and it still wasn't doing anything. And then, what what day was it? Was it a couple days ago? Tuesday, yeah. You would message me, because <laughs> I was in something else, so I didn't get the notifications. And you're like, I think they're releasing. I'm like, oh, crap. And then I, uh, I shared my notifications, and I just saw I saw them, too. To the point where I literally apologized to the <laughs> Lee Walls. I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. You're getting tagged in, like, <laughs> 10 posts, because Rod's phone was having major issues. Yeah, well, that's another thing that kind of sucked was I would have just gone on another device like my iPad or something, except they were drafted in my right. device. So like... Yeah, because I couldn't find them on the meta business manager. I was like, yeah. I don't see anything scheduled. You know what? And fuck it, because they're not paying me. So because we were at VidCon, there was actually an Instagram help desk available to us with a <laughs> sign that literally said, ask us anything. And I asked them something, and they were like, uh. So let's be clear. <laughs> they didn't say they would have the answers to everything. Yeah. <laughs> they just said, ask us anything. Yeah. They held up their part of the bargain. Okay, there you go. <laughs> anyway, so sorry or you're welcome, depending on how well you like those posts on Instagram. I also threw a little video up, but I was in bed, so I put like the only filter that covered my face on there. So I think I was in like a, a end of mode wig or something. And then I found the I'm sorry, Scott graphic. <laughs> Which also, I covered what Banshee's response was because it was a word that I could not find in any translation software. Wolverine was standing in front of it because I was like, I just want to make sure that wasn't a random edit that somebody else put a like weird swear that I couldn't identify. Yeah, so. yeah. That happens, no. internet stuff. Anyway, I, so. don't, don't trust the internet ever. Yeah. Anyway, follow us on your favorite podcast services if you want to support the show. We have affiliate links in all the uploads, too. We'll make sure to include links specifically for X-Men Evolution now that we've jumped into this next series. Sadly, the only thing for Amazon affiliates to put for X-Men Evolution is the purchase of the episodes. I can find oh, really? nothing else that is X-Men Evolution specific to put affiliate links in there. But we do have all the classic X-Men 92 links that are all still active. Now, on to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 5, titled Speed and Spike. It aired on December 2nd, 2000. Currently sits at a 6.8 star rating on IMDb. It was the final episode of Marvel Animation to air in the last millennia. Because remember, there's no year zero, so technically... December 31st of 2000 was the end of the second millennia. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that being a debate back then. So yep. e either I started college in the beginning of the millennia or I ended high school. To, I don't know. It was, it was weird. I didn't understand this title even after watching the episode. Really? Well, I, I do. I see what they're getting at, but is it a reference to something else? Because Okay, that, well, not, that's different. Because they used Spike's name, but they didn't use Quicksilver. Right. Is is the speed and sp is that a reference to some literary thing that I'm not okay? Aware of? So you understood it. It was just the you. I think you were looking for something deeper than what they gave us. Yeah. Well, I was just like, yeah. Is, I <laughs> yeah. guess it's just the alliteration, speed and spike. Yeah. Instead of I, spike I don't understand the naming conventions of this show. Mm -hmm. It's not as obvious as the X Men '92 was. Yeah. 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 And, and it was little things too, like like they even spelled Spike the way that his character name is spelled. So right. it wasn't even like an illiter like a allusion to like the real words. I don't know. I'm thinking too hard about this, but it was just like, okay. Right. Sure. <laughs> did you have it spoiled for you at all with like the thumbnails or anything like that? Like, did you have an idea of what the episode was going to be? Just about Spike because we'd seen him in intros before. So I was yep. like, okay, we're going to get introduced to him. And then I saw Speed and I was like, it's probably going to be Quicksilver, right? Yeah. Like too many speedsters. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I actually forgot Spike was a character name because aside from watching it the first episode... I haven't watched the opening cinematic at all, mm -hmm. so I forgot that Spike was a character name, candidly. Oh, gotcha. So I was like, oh, Quicksilver, and who the fuck is Spike? Because in the comics, the closest character to, like, a Spike is Marrow, who's a Morlock, and also mostly well-known because of the Marvel versus Capcom fighting games. And then Tusk from X-Men 92 would have been the next Spike-related person. I was like, well... I feel like the mini guy doesn't really fit into to this series. So I was wondering that if Spike was created for this show because I had not heard him like referenced in any other media. So fuck it. Let's get into it. Yes, was created for the show. There is a Marvel 616 who is loosely based off of Spike introduced after the character from the series. And the name of the character is David Monroe. So that, that makes sense now with stuff that happens later. Originally, the character was going to be named Armadillo. Okay. <laughs> And originally supposed to have cornrows in their hair. This was referenced on Wikipedia with an article linking to a website called Toon Zone. 
that article is no longer live, so it's a dead link on Wikipedia where it's like toonzone.xmen.com slash gif or something like that, and it literally leads to nothing now. So That's funny. So that could have been something somebody posted on like their GeoCities thing. Back so, I mean, it's definitely like an old enough... It was, it was the first reference thing, so, you know, yeah. that could have been... 2008 and it's been dead for a while and shockingly nobody is going in there and going out of their way to update spike's wikipedia entry (laughs) they did say while the character does resemble marrow they were not intentionally made as a marrow clone and originally there was like oh do we take bishop to make sure that we have a strong black character but they said that it would not make sense to de-age bishop for the series yeah, yeah, because of time travel stuff. Yeah, and I, I think it's, you know, having a time travel character who's a teenager versus somebody who's like, you know, late 20s, mid 30s, whatever Bishop falls into in that category. Mm-hmm. Living through a lot of different shit it doesn't have the same impact as the kid does. So, Which, foreshadowing something to look forward to next episode, we find out how the show handles time travelers. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Ish. Episode picks up a view of New York City. Which, for us especially then, it was always noticeable because the towers were, were there in the background. Yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, right. This was right right before that. Yeah, this, this aired literally less than a year before that happened. Wild. Goes into a gymnasium. You see that there's 32 seconds left on the scoreboard. Score is 81 to 82. And then I was like, oh, Quicksilver. He travels a lot. And then he misses a layup. Yeah, <laughs> he he moved way too many spaces for that to have all been with his feet off the ground. I just yeah, I was like, I don't know how long this guy jumps, but that was way, way too, too far. I know it's the same thing, because even though I'm not really into sports, I grew up in Indiana. So we you have to understand basketball. Yeah, or you're, you're not allowed to, like, move on. I don't know how else to put it. Like they just, at least in the 90s, were like, you have to learn basketball or you just can't advance in life. Right. <laughs> I suspected it was Quicksilver. So I'm still the, ha- the hair made it pretty obvious for me. The hair, and I'm, I'm just gauging how this show handles characteristics and stuff. So it's like, okay, if I have a hunch, I'm probably right about it. Because yeah. like, the, like the way they, they made his character design and stuff. Then you see Storm in the, the seating, which also, they made Storm's makeup really prominent in this episode, right. which it was not in previous episodes. It was like Ursula's like eyeshadow. <laughs> it, it was like hardcore. You actually saw a different color on her cheeks and stuff like that. I feel like it's the first time makeup has been that obvious on a character in the show. It was, yeah. it was interesting. I guess she hasn't been to a basketball game before or a high school one. Because she uh, asked, like, is this exciting? Yeah, I got the impression <laughs> she had not been to any basketball game before. Is kind of how I read it. <laughs> But yeah, and then she starts cheering for Evan, who is wearing number 21. As far as I know, there wasn't a famous 21 in basketball. But again, fuck do I know? There's 10 seconds left. He is able to, to he gets the ball passed to him from Quicksilver because he's down the court. He shoots, he gets charged, he falls. But everybody's so focused on the ball that's in the air and doing like, the all-time longest like spin around the hoop that they just completely neglect the fact that he has spikes that come out of his arm and just cut through the basketball court yeah the main question i had was the trail that was left in the floor everything else i kind of get the storm is the only one that noticed that the spikes like came out of him yeah i was like anybody else noticed the skid marks on the floor and then so, skid marks they're like ripped through because this is rod and john share high school stories the show i will share my senior year of of high school we had a big pep rally and we were the green knights and our rival school was the green dragons so somebody built this giant paper mache dragon and the thought was oh we're gonna have a green knight come out and cut the head off of it Nobody thought, like, oh, a sword could be dangerous or something. Nor did they think an axe could be more dangerous. Oh, no. So, guy comes out as the Green Knight, takes a swing. The head of the axe literally flies off and makes a divot into the brand new gym floor. Had never had a basketball game on it yet. If we noticed that with one little axe head, those people would have noticed the giant gash in the floor from Evan falling over. I love how unhinged the 90s were with safety. Like Nobody gave a shit. When when people ask, like, how we survived. Now, I feel like schools wouldn't even let anything that looked like an axe into the school. No lie. This episode took place one month from the time that happened. Oh, that's amazing. That's how close in real time it was. (laughs) Because I was a senior in the fall of 2000. So that literally happened 
a month before this this took place. That's hilarious. I, and they I, and they never had a pep rally again after they had <laughs> they had prayer services after. Jeez, that's yep. hilarious. They kind of, I had something similar in another life. My first call job out of college, like two thousand six or seven. The I was in Rod. This is the high school trauma show, right? <laughs> I was running sound for something, and the mayor of one of the, whatever city it was we were in was like doing the ribbon cutting thing as yeah. a business. And he was so goofy. I guess he just he said he didn't know that the scissors were real, and so he was just fucking around with them and just like snapping the people's face. You know those giant scissors. Yeah, yeah. And the things what? that actually cut through the ribbon. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. So we're like, why did you think they were real? We hand them to you to cut the ribbon, and luckily no one got hurt from it. They like pulled back before it actually snapped them in the face. That's like fucking shears that you would use <laughs> to trim bushes and stuff. Yeah, and he then he realized that they were real when when his in his like flurry of snapping. Yeah, snap the ribbon and it just cut in half like butter, you know. And he's like, "Oh shit!" So you almost saw manslaughter, is what you're yeah, telling yeah. me? Yeah, like, yeah, like like public officials even. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're right. Two thousands. But yeah, so the shot goes in. They end up winning the game because of it, and the claws like retract back into his arm. He starts to like cover them up. People are holding him awkwardly, and he looks, and they like they they've disappeared on it. Mm-hmm. So he's celebrating, and Quicksilver is pissed. My note says the white kid's mad. He's not the center of attention. You're not wrong. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know what there was to be mad about there, because like he didn't make the shot. Yeah, he he passed it to someone else. It wasn't like he got it stolen from him. Yeah, Pietro no, he he literally ball. he got the assist that got the game winning shot. Yeah, which it was, Spike makes the point later. It's like you should be happy. Like you had a really good pass. Yeah, like you were part of this. <laughs> no. So while I didn't know any 21s, 32, I believe, was Shaq's number. I could be wrong, oh, okay. but I believe 32 was Shaq's number. I do remember Shaq from sports things in the 90s. Shaq Fu. No, oh God, not Shaq Fu. I was thinking the, the Gold Bond commercials. Oh, no. <laughs> and then there's like the meme of him doing the shimmy that cuts back and forth with the cat doing the shimmy. Right, yeah. Which amazingly always looks like it's speeding up at all times, even though it's not. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah legacy of these celebrities and then we get into the animated open oh yeah 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 i did skip the song this time i like it but i remember you said last time that you started skipping the the intro i said yeah this time, like i've heard enough of this yeah it's fine that's yeah. the best description of that intro it's fine I, I have no shit to talk on it almost every show i watch aside from this and peacemaker i will skip the intro on most shows now yeah you gotta have that dance number the peacemaker had to keep your attention oh god such a good intro <laughs> comes back from the opening Team is leaving the locker room. Everybody's congratulating him. And Quicksilver, you know, basically, at at this time, we don't know the name Quicksilver, but he's basically being like, yeah, you know, you're just hogging all the glory and such. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have like a little, they do a good job of showing that they're friends, but Pietro's like a little jealous. Even Spike, or I I guess at this point, we just call him Evan. Evan. He says what I said earlier. He's like, come on, man, you should be proud. You had like a really good pass. It was solid, you you know, and then it got me the shot and we did this like together. We should be friends. (laughs) Yeah. Because right before that, we see Storm creepily on the edge of the boys' locker room. That was my next note was Storm is way too comfortable just walking to a boys' locker room. (laughs) Yeah. And Evan says, you know, you couldn't have made it down there in time for the shot. And Quicksilver takes off basically being like, yeah, this is when I I stop holding back because of people like you. And even that interaction, though, still didn't make sense. I mean, it still didn't make sense to why he would be upset about that, because not only is it true, but also you passed the ball to him. Like, it just it's like more like those are your actions. If you wanted to take the shot, you should have just taken the shot and fucked it up for everybody. Right. I, I mean, I think it's the, the scenario of like he can get down the court as fast as he wants, but he still has to make the shot. Yeah. So it's easier to let Evan be the scapegoat for him of, oh, you're the reason I'm not getting the glory yeah. instead of running that extra 20% faster that would still be like human believable yeah. and then end up missing the shot, you know, because yeah. he already had missed the layup right before anyway. So he leaves Storm again, walks very comfortably into a teenage boy's locker room. And then she asks if he's OK. And he calls her his aunt. And I was like, yeah, Auntie O. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Auntie O. And I was like, oh, Okay, got it. Because obviously we saw in X-Men 92, there was the whole Mijnari story. Mm-hmm. And even though it wasn't, you know, biological mom, you know, that's what that's what their relationship was. And I was like, oh, does Storm have brothers and sisters that have kids? Because I started going into comic book brain and I'm like, I don't remember that being a thing. So it's still even though we meet the parents later, I feel like there's still a strong possibility. It is like more of like the... 
parents, best friends, call them uncle and aunt kind of scenario. Depending on where they go with Storm's origin story, it, it would make more sense that way for it to be like a communal thing. And so the only thing I will say, this is skipping ahead a little bit within the, the scene, there is a conversation. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. About how the, the ex gene had skipped the mom. So. Okay, so I guess we will, yeah, we'll just have to wait for more backstory later but yeah so at this point storm is like oh yeah have you noticed anything about the things we've discussed before and it's like the most awkward puberty conversation ever right i feel for it because like i have a nine-year-old niece and i'm prepping myself for when she runs away from home I'm the don't put that into existence ron i know it's just gonna happen i was a i was a kid one a teenager once you know it's just gonna happen like because not not every kid runs away well just because like i talked to my brother about this i, I guess surprised. in indiana everybody runs away right but I'm also just I'm I was always, I'm always surprised that she remembers me, especially when she was younger, because you know we don't, I only see her like once a year, and then over COVID I didn't see her for like three years. Yeah. And he's like, "Are you kidding?" When she thinks Uncle Rod, she thinks candy and toys. When she thinks about mom and dad, she she has to go to bed early and do her homework. I was like, "You got a point." So oh, yeah. whenever she hits the fan, but I I get this conversation makes so much sense because it's like yeah, when you're having this I don't know was like mega puberty is that what, like because yeah. Let's go. <laughs> or or ex-puberty. Ex-puberty, yeah. It's like, and he, he's definitely not going to tell his parents, but you get the sense that, like, not only because Storm's a mutant, she's like the cool aunt. Yes. So he's, like, talking to her about it, even though he's still being a little bit of a teenager. And she's being cool. She kept the secret. Well, I love that. He's like, no, no, I got it under control. And then has one of the potentially most deadly accidents immediately after. Just lucky that there was nobody in the room because he sneezes and like 15 spikes go off in random directions. I mean, we always know that Storm is a badass. Nothing will ever change that. But she literally is just sitting there and there's spikes around her in every direction. It's like, were you like ready to zap those or were you just that confident that he wasn't going to accidentally kill you? Yeah, yeah. My note says that he sneezes and almost kills Storm. I'm writing into this. This is not even like anything they put in the show, but I'm you tend to like, do that it's fine yeah i figure if she probably just accepted her fate it's all happening so fast like either i'm gonna survive or i'm not those spikes are coming from like three feet away at like 100 miles an hour yeah they go really fast <laughs> so she's like yeah it looks like you got that under control basically like as his shirt is just completely shredded i do love that it isn't just like oh he does it and not, there's no like noticeable like harm around it does he have to pick up all those spikes and throw them out wherever he goes to because I, I don't so. think they disintegrate. Like, they're not like Spider-Man's webs that eventually go away. Yeah, I think so. Because in, I think, in the next episode, they do something that implies that his spikes are actually his bones. Or yeah. part of his bones or something. No. So, yeah, we'll get to right. that. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think that, I think he has to pick them up and probably hide them, right? Because it's not going to be, like, chill to have a trash can full of bone spikes. I mean, I get maybe they're brittle and you could smash them around a little bit. I'm not I sure. Guess, yeah. I really now want to explore that. Right. <laughs> so, jumps over. They're back at their house, which they have a nice-ass house in New York, man. New York, yeah. Yeah. Like, big backyard with a tree and everything. <laughs> with a tree. <laughs> they have grass, yeah. room yeah. to grill, and a tree. They have a yeah. nice-ass house in New York. Yeah. Dad, super-duper proud. Got a solid sear on those steaks, which is very much dad mode. <laughs> and then Storm is chatting with him away from the parents. It was almost like a little bit of a coming-out vibe where she's like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just shocked you've been able to keep it quiet for this long. This whole episode gave me that parallel. It was really, once again, Storm's a cool aunt. Even the parents don't exhibit anything that they would have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. He's, he's what, 15 or so? He probably, he yeah. Know. I, I didn't get the impression he's the driving age group. So yeah. she's like, you know, but you could use some training. He's not happy about that. And then immediately lashes out and punches the tree being like, see, I'm good. <laughs> and I'm like, are the parents just unaware that there's like spikes and shit cutting into their trees? Do they think they just have like really destructive asshole neighbor kids or something? Right. He's like, oh, those armadillos again in New York. Yeah. Fucking armadillos, <laughs> man. They, they, they are known for destroying tree trunks. Right. <laughs> yeah, then Xavier telepathically interrupts Storm, which has to be really jarring, even if you're used to it. It looked like it was jarring to her. Yeah, he, he was like, can we just wait until after school tomorrow, which is like the most cop-out scenario? Mm -hmm. And that's when the Xavier call comes in. Xavier's like, cool, it's time for plan B. And it's like, dude, he is so, so different than the 92 Xavier. So yeah. different than how he handles everything on the entirety of the show. He's 
starts to grow a little bit. So I forget if it's the end of this episode or the next one stuff. We're starting to get more of the Xavier a little bit closer to the one we knew from the last show. This one, because he's not in the next one. one. Okay, so there's this one. Then, yeah. yeah. And he's like, yep, we'll have to institute plan B. And it's like, oh, is this when the kidnapping happens? You're right. With Gene and Scott. And then he's like, oh, yeah, there was also a second signature. And it's like, okay, we get it. We, we know. But it was unclear. I don't know if they ever went back to the unclear part. I interpreted the unclear part as it was moving too fast for Cerebro to pinpoint. Okay. Or or that maybe he wasn't going like 100% yet. Yeah, if he if he's only like increasing his speed a little bit because he wasn't going at the full speed we would see later in the episode. Totally. Mm-hmm. Cuts over. He's in school. He opens his locker. And he's like, not again. And there's an empty wallet. And the first thing I can think of is what kid left their wallet in their locker ever? <laughs> Never, bit. I never. Like, that is asking to be robbed. I never left money or anything. Like, you just left school books in there, stuff you hope to get stolen. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, there was nothing of value ever in my locker, ever. Mm-hmm. So. Especially because I was never good at this, but I know the people that would want to break into lockers and stuff, you, they can hear the clicks in the old combination locks, you know? They yeah, they're, they're not advanced, yeah. <laughs> I think I put Quicksilver slides in. Yes, that's what that word is. Hey, you're getting closer to puns. Yeah. Shut up, Rod. <laughs> and that's when they continue their their argument. It's still like friendly banter, though. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, you're faster than me, but that doesn't mean you're better than me. So Evan is kind of like balling up a little bit to him of like not just going to let him talk shit and get away with it. He still has to you know, hit a little bit of that like alpha mentality yeah, yeah. that you get as like a teenage boy. And then he, he mentions, you know, it's the second time he's gotten robbed. He changes locker combination. And then Quicksilver gives him money to use as bait. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's a lot of money that he handed him, it looked like. I mean, it may have been singles, but like, I was like, that dude just gave you a lot of cash, really? Yeah, and I guess that was supposed to show us that like, at least to Evan, that they were kind of friends at some level. Right. Because I, I don't, I've lent friends money when I was in high school, but not like for that you not know? <laughs> to act as bait for the fucking locker thief yeah that's like just asking for money to get taken away yeah and then he's like catch you later and you know quick quicksilver does the under the breath thing of like you're never gonna catch me you know yeah jump on over and then i put intervention at the house right yeah it was a weird like it was a cross between intervention and like coming out the parents are like well i wish you would have told us earlier you know but they're not upset yeah so you had scott gene storm and the parents all chatting with him and then scott who is the guy who even in this version of scott doesn't ever feel like he's cool like he's still kind of like stick up his ass scott and he's like yeah sometimes it could be really cool when you have powers and and evan is like oh yeah then show me and the mom instantly snaps at him yeah, like, Which I feel like having an Italian mom, I would have had that too. Right. <laughs> I love Jean's response. She's like, he doesn't exactly have indoor powers. Indoor friendly powers, like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, come on. Where's the 92 Scott that would just blow up a building full of orphans? <laughs> it wasn't a building full of orphans. It was a building that was probably filled with unhoused people. <laughs> there you go. Near an orphanage. Yes. Right near the <laughs> orphanage, no doubt. Evan doesn't react well to it and basically says, I'm not going to go to a home for freaks. Which, that phrase gets thrown around a fair amount in the show by the actual mutants themselves. I feel like more X-Men have called them freaks rather than the, like, the Brotherhood kids. Oh, yeah. because I, I Like, Kitty says getting... it a few times. Evan's now said it. Like, people are not comfortable with it. <laughs> the sense you're getting from the kids that are kind of the, I guess you call them the villain crew or whatever. Yeah. Is they're just kind of embracing their, like, freakdom. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're... They, I don't think they consider being a freak. I think they're just like, fuck it, this is who I am, you know? Right. And, which is something I don't think we saw in the 92 show. And the No, there was, there was never really the opportunity to. Yeah, and then the X-Men in this show, they all come with some level of either privilege or perceived privilege. So it like... Well, with the exception of Nightcrawler, they're all pretty much like passable people. Like they don't, yeah. they, they, they don't inherently stand out in the crowd. I think at least with if I'm not mistaken, I think what we've seen with the people that have been recruited on Xavier's team all had to struggle accepting themselves. And with maybe the exception of Rogue, the the kids on Mystique's team all seem to have like come to terms with it like quicker or have already gotten past that point. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting. I think everything's just magnified because they're teenagers. You can kind of show that. Wait, you're saying teenagers are melodramatic? (laughs) Right. Well, also, it's just it's new, you know, like you're not. In your 20s or 30s, you know. 
Yeah, exactly. So the dad apologizes, and then I wrote down Gene stooges as Evan goes out the window. Like, instantly tattles on him. We've established before that she has to kind of, like, be actively listening, right? Actively paying attention, yeah. So so she so she was like, where's he going? He's sneaking out the window, guys. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, I feel like if Jean wanted to be a little more, like, DL, she could have been like, we're going to get going. And then just, like, said it to Scott and Storm as they left. But she was like, no, no, I'm going to rat him out to his With parents. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, you're in trouble. Yeah, because they all run out. And just, yeah. just miss him, like, skateboarding away. Also, I don't know how he does what he does without breaking his skateboard. Because he literally lands on, like, a banister and grinds down it. So, yeah. at the very least, he's fucking up that banister. For somebody who has 14 skateboards in my house, I don't know how to skate, so... <laughs> I was supposed to learn over the lockdown, but I never got to it. I have the Mob Crush skateboard from VidCon a few years ago. I have two. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to learn on. <laughs> that, I feel I feel like that is not the best skateboard to learn on because it's one of the little tiny ones and it's made like of rubber. So I've been told that by several people. But yeah, <laughs> like those are not the new skateboarder friendly ones. Yeah, yeah. Evan ends up back at the school after hours, of course, and he kind of like hides next to a locker, but in the open. So if somebody came from one side, they wouldn't have seen him. If they come from the other direction, he's just kind of standing there with spikes coming out of his arms. I figured that he was hiding on the side that wasn't the entrance or something. So he probably knew some, you know, he probably knew the layout or whatever. I guess. But it was like, for somebody who's setting a trap, he's not very good at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right, because he was looking for the thief. Yes. And I, I, this is a trope that happens in every show, not just this one. Even in the 90s, I don't ever remember being able to get into my school after hours that easily. My school, you definitely could not because <laughs> when we were in like drama class or something like that and we had a thing that was after hours, you would get locked out after a certain time if you went outside. Like if you had to get something out of your car, somebody had to wait inside by the door to let you back in. So Yeah, same. Or like maybe at most a couple hours after school for stuff like clubs or sports. Yeah. And, then, and if there was a game, then maybe. But the, that the thing they showed... In this show, it didn't look like there was anything happening. It was dark already. Yeah, it was. The, was the school was closed, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Riverdale, where people basically live at their school and are hanging out there until 2 a.m. doing drugs and Dungeons and Dragons and murdering people. But he, he got lucky, though, because he was just moments early for some wind. To, I don't know how else you describe no, that. No, that was, that was perfect. Always. I literally put wind. Yeah. And then confused. If I didn't know it was Quicksilver, I would also be confused. I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah, which um, I'm sure is what was happening with Evan. Yeah, he, but he seems surprised by it, but not freaked out. Once, and we keep saying this every episode, or I keep saying this every episode. Like, you you, just, you do it more than I do. There's a level of acceptance of mutants in this world that we're getting a better and better understanding of. But what we're seeing is, with maybe only the exception of the store clerk in the first episode, the one that Wolverine cut through the glass bottle, yeah. every time it's always a mutant seeing a mutant happen or in the rogue episode where everybody realized something happened and they all freak out and kind of team up against rogue you know yeah. we've only really gotten like two normie reactions to the mutants so far yeah and i still think in that first episode the dude was kind of like turned away when wolverine did his like little open the bottle trick yeah, right. so like, that was weird yeah like oh that guy has a weird twist mechanic on his hands <laughs> but yeah so the wind comes by, all of a sudden, all the locker doors spin and open up, and then he spikes to the ground in front of him as, like, a protection scenario. Then the wind becomes, like, a tornado, a little tornado, and obviously the reveal of its Quicksilver. Yeah, I, I feel like, and I didn't go back on it, because why would I do my research? <laughs> but I, I for some reason, I thought he said Andrew, and I was like, where the why would oh. he call him Andrew? And I, I totally could have just heard something wrong there. But he then says, oh, yeah. My name is Quicksilver, and he's like, look, don't you like my my costume? I made it myself. He made it in, what did he say, 0.5 seconds or something? Yep. He's like, well, why are you doing this? And he's like, well, I'm doing it for a challenge when you have as much time as I do. And I kind of loved this because we never got that, especially in 92, because we only saw Quicksilver very briefly in, like, three episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the X-Factor episode, the Baby. Phalanx episode, and then the Secret Babies. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a part of the Quicksilver character that I love, and it, it's something that is absolutely reminiscent of different writers for The Flash, and I have not seen The Flash movie. I will not see it when I have to pay for it, but there's that, like, oh, if your body and your brain is moving as fast as theirs is, you have so much 
more time because time is perception. And he has to actually, like, slow down to talk with the normies. And I'm curious, like, and maybe when we get to talk to any of the production team from Evolution on a future episode, like, I wondered, did they speed up the actor's voice? Because he spoke at a cadence that was just a little faster than I think a voice actor would have done it shy of like you know the micro machines man from back in like the fucking 80s he was just a little faster like tempo for some reason or if they purposely found a guy like micro machines dude yeah spoke a little accelerated that's a good point i didn't think about that yeah there was something about how he spoke that became very pronounced especially during this scene to me yeah and yeah the way you're saying but he he just does it fills time he said he he just steals for entertainment but even that's kind of getting boring because he it didn't look like he kept anything he just piled it on the floor yeah, he was literally just causing trouble. And he's like, there's just like a pile of purses. And then it's just like, and yep, I'm done. I don't care. Yeah, yeah they, they they tussle for a little bit. But then the, the police arrive. And then Pietro just like, he's what he said, he's like, you're going to be my scapegoat. Yeah. Well, the, the part that I thought that was really cool there is Pietro takes the first slap. He actually slaps Evan. And then Evan tries to make a spike. And instantly Quicksilver's right behind him and just pushes him on his ass. Mm-hmm. And that's when the cops do arrive, and he's like, cool, good luck, you're my scapegoat, I'm out. And then you get the impression that the cops have seen Evan. And then I was expecting it to come back from commercial, and he's reacting and running from the cops. They actually just straight up arrested him, and he co- and we come back from the commercial, and he's in the cell. Yeah, th- this wasn't as big of a part of this episode as I thought it was, because of the whole like framing, you know? Yeah. Thing, But yeah, he's, he's already in prison, and the X-Men are already there to bail him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was arrested in a cell. Everyone arrives. He says it wasn't him, and Gene's like, I know. Yeah, I'm reading your mind right now. Yeah, I saw everything that happened. Glad to know you're not a criminal. They kind of, it's like a little sleazy bargain they have going That's on. exactly what I was going to get into. Go for it. Oh, just just that they were like, okay, we'll, we'll bail you out, but A, Professor Xavier is going to like... Use his influence. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do what he did that was in the first episode. And like, yeah, to, to, again, to another cop. Yeah, and which is fine with the cop. And then, but then also he's like, but we'll only do it if you decide to come to the Institute. And the exchange was just very strange to me where, because he was like, well, I guess I don't really have a choice, which is like, yeah, man, that's that's what I think. Like, right. you could stay in jail or go to the school. And then Cyclops is like, you always have a choice. He's like, that doesn't support well, what's well, happening it's, right now. It's not just you always have a choice. It's you always have a choice, but we're just helping you make the right one. Yeah. And that's, that's like, something okay dude that still sounds like you're forcing his hand yeah (laughs) it's like yeah to your point choice try out the institute which we know is like you know militarized teenagers or stay in jail yeah Uh, it's kind of a non-choice sir i i I don't think you understand what the meaning of choice is cyclops yeah we're starting Um, to see little glimpses of the scott we know yeah i I think (laughs) next episode especially we we start to dive into that i have a whole ton of notes about so next morning we're at the Institute, and I put team breakfast. Yeah, I was having a, a really nice breakfast. Yeah. Also, who cooks there? Yeah, it's definitely servant staff. They have to have some sort of staff, right? Like, this is yeah. not this is not everybody's in their 20s and 30s and making shit for themselves because I'm not trusting a teenager wake up early <laughs> enough to make me breakfast every day. And it's, it's because it's also family style. It's like, there's, like, platters. Serving platters, and, yeah. yeah. Professor X says, you know, he doesn't want to pry with Evan because he doesn't want to, like, find out why why stuff got personal, basically. Suddenly, Xavier has boundaries. <laughs> now he has boundaries. And then Wolverine, again, even though it's not the voice of Wolverine that we're used to, the writing on Wolverine is fantastic. He's like, yeah, yeah I mean, if you ask me, he just wants to settle that score personally. He's not going to tell you shit. And it's like, yeah, Wolverine, Wolverine can read the room better than anybody else can. Because he's yeah. probably the oldest in the room, but still. Yeah, he's a lot of perspective. Yeah, it's, it's like Logan's the only one that gets the message that this is a personal right. thing. And then Nightcrawler is fucking around. He bamps up to the chandelier. And the only reason I mention that, because it's kind of like a throwaway moment, is he actually calls him Elf. And I mm-hmm. always loved in the comics, that was Logan's nickname for Nightcrawler, is Elf. So that is like the established nickname in the same way that Joe Slapsky and I, you know, we talked about Cyclops as slim. That was always Wolverine's nickname for Kurt. So yeah. And in this show, Kitty calls him fuzzy elf. Yeah. So this is kind of like a term of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> so they mentioned that he's already been enrolled in Aville high because professor X just 
just everything. He's like, oh yeah, what can I do to manipulate the situation in my favor that is at worst morally gray? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also really quick, because that was the next morning we're presuming. Yeah. Yeah, I got the impression it was the next morning. And then tells Scott that he should introduce Evan to the basketball coach. Especially because he had such a good game at his old school, which were kind of unclear as where it was, but somewhere nearby because they showed the New York skyline. Yeah, I mean, I got the impression it was possibly, what is it? Is it Queens that is still on the same island as Manhattan? It's just the northern part of it? I'm so bad with geography in general, but especially New York. No, it's not Queens because Queens, so it's got to be the Bronx or still Manhattan. But yeah, Yeah, he's he's, because they're, they didn't show separation between the towers and and his oh, school. Actually, I, I remember now, later they refer to it as PS something. So he was probably at a public school and Bayville is probably private, right? PS 104. So is, I'm going to guess that Bayville, since it has like the way that the principal dark home is and stuff, may it... I, feel, I got the vibes now that it might, it might be, if not a private school, like more on that side. I got that it's still a public school, but because schools named by numbers tends to be in the city, whereas like something like Bayville's like, you know, that White Plains area of New York. Yeah, like yeah. it's still it's still nearby, but it's not like we can't separate by like saying like Manhattan public school because there's gonna be 70 of them, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was PS 104 specifically. Rod, let's look up PS 104. Oh, where that was, yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Let's let's do it. All right. Public school 104. That is the Bronx. I was right. Oh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> yep. According to Google search, it is temporarily closed and has zero reviews right now. <laughs> Because Spike messed it up. He fucked up their their court. They shut down the whole school. You know what I would love is if the school actually didn't exist in our world, but someone just added that record in reference to the show. I mean, anything's possible right now, man. Because do you think Google's really going to check? They're going to be like, ah. Like, it didn't have a street address. It just said the Bronx. Yeah. So maybe that's funny. (laughs) So Someone someone comment if you know if it's a real school or if you went there. Also, did you have a kid named Evan? What's his last name? Daniels. Daniels there. <laughs> was, oh. he, was he strange and had unexplained like injuries every time he was around? Evan is actually at the top of the stairs, overhears a lot of this conversation, and then not just creates spikes, but also like it looked like a, a little bit of armor popped out mm-hmm. from like it didn't pop out of the skin, but it like raised up and then spikes came out through the skin. And of course, he ruins his rope. Yeah. <laughs> Dude has yeah, so- no respect for clothes. So this is where like a little bit of the armadillo thing comes from because he's yeah, getting that like natural armor. I just want to point out, there is a Marvel character named Armadillo too. Oh, re- oh okay, so there's both. <laughs> I believe they're one of those characters who has like hovered between good guy, bad guy. I don't think they're a, a mutant. I think it's like one of the science experiment villains. And I want to say the most prominent story they were a part of is in the Avengers Initiative, which was post House of M. Where like every, or sorry, post Civil War, and every state had like their own like mini team of superheroes. Mm, gotcha. And of course, he was like New Mexico or Arizona or yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> Cuts over to school, and I put bad kids are by the principal's office. Yeah, I, I had like the villains' breakfast club. <laughs> yeah, and Rogue is there, but like also doesn't want to be around her, them. She's like shying away because Toad is you know, sitting awkwardly like a fucking frog on the chair next to her. I think that's why I thought got the Breakfast Club vibe, because she's like the one in the Breakfast Club movie that doesn't talk to anybody else till like the end. Yeah, I don't remember a single one of their names, but I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. Plays with her dandruff. Yeah. So you're in the office. Principal Darkholm sees a Pietro Maximov hologram. I think it was the first time we heard his full name in there. Not that we needed more confirmation, but she's like, oh, is this the little speed demon I've been hearing about? And Magneto specifies that this one is of particular interest to him. And I feel like this is the most we've seen of Magneto. Like, we're actually getting a lot of him in this episode. This solidifies that he's, no pun intended, that he's actually there. And not because the last episode, we or one of the last episodes, we were questioning, like, is it just like a psychic... like A projection or something like that, yeah. He, this is pretty clear, like, he's standing in front of the desk. And when he says his specific interest, it's like the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen, like, I know why. <laughs> Did you do that when you were watching it and, and Lucy got yeah. pissed at you? Right. <laughs> it's like, stop it. You already know. <laughs> yeah, they mentioned that a challenge is that he he feels like he doesn't need anybody. And I believe it was the principal who's like, well, there might be a way. There's a grudge that they want to settle. And let's give them an opportunity to do it. They're just pitting children against each other. That's what the X-Men yeah. has been, dude. Yeah, like the whole thing. 
The X-Men since 1963. God, I can't wait for you to read the first issue of the book. We yeah, have yeah. not done that yet. What we mentioned in episode two. Something like that, yeah. One? Was, I don't know, one of those. Three? First couple, first couple. Yeah, two, because that's the one that's live at this point when we recorded this. Jumps back to the school, and then they have a skate track in the danger room. I, yeah, I, I said uh, in danger room, Evan is extreme skateboard training, but it's with the letter X, not just because of the X-Men, but because there's a different brand of 90s extreme that's like the letter X dash dream, you know? <laughs> well, there there was also a series that was extreme X-Men and they did not have oh, really? the E in front of the X in that, that title. Shocking, I know. Yeah, or like X Games or something like that. You know? <laughs> so Gene throws balls at him, telepathically, of course. Yeah. And then Scott shoots him. <laughs> he got he got to see what his powers were finally. I just love the idea that you you just have your roommates are all trying to simultaneously kill you. <laughs> like there it's weren't like safety measures in place. It was just like, oh, if he falls wrong, he's gonna break his neck. Yeah. Or something at least. Yeah. This this doesn't seem like you know, soft ground. Like, there's not a hologram that's going to be a bed and catch you. Yeah, because generally the danger room is just all metal walls and floors. And ramps this time. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he lands on the ground, and then there's a very awkward scene with Wolverine. Like, oh, he helps him up. Yeah, it's like Wolverine looks at him impressed, and then they have, like, a weird handshake with, like, an awkward pause, and I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? I thought that Wolverine was going to pop his claws, and they were going to, like, relate on some level because of that and it just never happened yeah and i think that's what wolverine was giving but uh-huh. then he doesn't explain that to evan yeah jeez it's weird so maybe maybe it'll just be a payoff in a later episode that we haven't watched yet maybe kitty hops on a loudspeaker and is like hey your coach called you have a game in an hour and that's where we hear that it's ps104 is coming over i don't think i've ever heard of a scenario even with an evil super villain principle that you could get <laughs> Two teams worth of teenagers to a school within one hour to play a, like, a pickup game of basketball. Yeah, and also none of the X-Men question the suspiciousness of that. And they know who Mystique is. Like we've established yeah. there are the characters know Mystique and it gets even like further in the next episode. Nobody is pushing back on this. And they even say your old alma mater or whatever is like, is there nothing suspicious? You're saying all these things out loud. Right. Well, and- <laughs> Night- Nightcrawler specifically calls it his alma mater and is excited about it. And then I will say, Scott and Jean like give kind of the like that sus look to each other. But they still, don't stop it. everybody's okay with it. They're still yeah. fine with it. Yeah. Jumps over to the school. The old team is getting off the bus, and it goes right into the confrontation between Evan and Quicksilver. And then, okay, Evan not great at fighting. Like I think we can establish right now, he sucks at this. Yeah, yeah. He's like he has he has this dope power and he can't do shit with it. Cyclops arrives and kind of does similar to what he did with Toad in the first episode where he's like, maybe you should come with us, you know, and you know, when Duncan and them were bullying and stuff. And Evan does not want the help. He wants to handle this on his own. I put Scott sucks. <laughs> it's like Logan said, it's personal, so it's not he doesn't want somebody else to yeah. you know fight for him. Quicksilver runs off and Evan decides to chase him on his board. And then Scott and Gene follow. They move the fight out to the city. <laughs> yeah, they just fuck the basketball game, I guess. Nobody's going to yeah. notice the two star players are basically missing. Yeah. And then Evan just perpetually keeps missing him. He does get a confession in that time frame of basically being like, yeah, I was the one who did it. What are you going to do about it? That's when Scott stopped over. I liked what they showed with Pietro running through the city is that he's destroying things, which is like a level of reality that we don't usually see in the cartoons. Yeah, it's one of those scenarios where I, I don't know if it's technically a sonic boom, but it's the effect of a sonic boom where he runs so fast that all the glass around him shatters. Yeah. Yeah, it's just disturbing the atmosphere or what he did in the school when the lockers open and stuff. Or we don't even know if like we're seeing the full extent of what he's doing, you know? I got the vibe that sometimes he might just be doing things in it so fast, you know? I think in the school, it was him doing it so fast because to your point, if you're doing a locker, you can't just spin it. You have to actually go back and forth to it. I think in this, it was he was exerting so much speed. It's that rush of wind that goes down and like blows out windows the same way like what was it in Turkey where there was that big explosion and all the wind gushing out from the explosion just blew out windows. And oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was like two years ago now. I don't know. It happened during lockdown and everything during lockdown is one giant jumbled mess for me. Right. So we, we yeah. found out about aliens and no one cared because we're like, listen, we're going through 20 other things right now. Dude, there have been fucking scrolls on KTLA news and I didn't know about those. Yeah. <laughs> the X-Men have, have caught up and they're just not able to 
do much. Gene is able to like, oh, well, if he's off his feet, then we could stop him. And then he starts spinning, which was a great counter. Didn't he spin really fast in, in 92? I think he was fighting like Jubilee or something like that. I think he like ran in a circle though there, right? Yeah. This, this one, he's more like a Tasmanian devil. So he blows them away. Scott starts shooting. And then Evan shoots the spines at him and actually has like a perfect shot. He got control really quickly because like those were those were inches from like major arteries, I want to say. say. Like there's some like right next to his head. Isn't there like that? There's one artery like in your leg that is like the fastest one to bleed out from if it hits it. Oh, probably. It yeah. outlined him like the girl on like the, the knife trick in the circus, you know, when they throw the knives. Yes. At the spinning thing. So it was just like all around him. He was like, oh, I can't move. I wonder how many of those have been fatal like back in the day. Before, but you know, before people would get prosecuted for shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Quicksilver is is cocky and he's like, oh well, doesn't matter. It's not like you could prove what I did, you know, at the school. And then Evan's like, yeah, but guess what? I have a tape recorder. Yeah, this is how I know I'm old. When he played the recording, I'm like, is New York a two a two party recording state? And I was like, it doesn't matter. We're watching a cartoon run. <laughs> also, if it was recorded in a public space where there is no expectation of privacy. Oh, gotcha. That's because that's why, like. You know, if people don't know, that's why a lot of YouTubers film in something like Venice Beach, because it is a public space. So there is not an expectation for privacy on the strip of Venice, but there is an expectation of privacy in like the bathroom of a convention center, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he reveals that he has it and then the cops arrive and the X-Men just fuck off. They just run off and leave him there. Which is good. I, I like I like the justice. Yeah. <laughs> How's it feel? Yeah. Remember that whole scapegoat thing? That didn't work out well for you. I also love that they left him with 10 times the mess. It was one thing to destroy a high school. He destroyed like blocks of New York City. Yeah. Cars were messed up. Windows for shops were messed up. 10 bone stabby things in the side of the building that he was stuck to. So go over, you see that Quicksilver is in jail and Magneto appears. And this is, again, we don't see full Magneto. We have not seen the face. It's mm -hmm. it's still reminiscent of Jubilee's fairy tale of like mm -hmm. the outline of Magneto without being full-fledged Magneto. And it's like, oh yeah, cool. Nice to see you again. Some of the notes I was seeing online for this is like in the comics at first, Pietro doesn't know that Magneto was his father when early interactions with the two characters had happened a lot of people interpret this as he knows that this is his dad i didn't get that i wasn't sure huh. i could see it going either way but i was not like convinced in one direction or the other i get that magneto had hired him in the past for stuff okay or, or worked with him but i don't know something about their their exchange didn't get to me that like this was like an estranged father or something not got yet, it at least. I think it might have been because of the earlier statement where it was, you know, he feels like he doesn't need somebody or yeah. he doesn't feel like he needs anyone. That's where I kind of got the like, oh, he ran away from dad kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. But I could totally see it not being crystal clear either. So, yeah. Or like he he, he was just orphaned and like Magneto stayed in his life, but he wasn't like clear. Yeah. Like what his role was there. yeah he was he was more like the bad mentor versus the obvious father figure and it was like all right well i could let you out but you know you got to work for me if you do and he's like sure fuck it go for it and then they put their hand out and it was like a really awkward handshake yeah which that's what this pri this specific prison cell is known for is awkward handshakes and like really sleazy deals with teenagers no yeah. everybody <laughs> everybody just cuts deals with teenagers in this fucking show yeah <laughs> with no without flinching yeah storms that going into like locker rooms jump over to end the episode to the mansion and we got the cue we got the music cue yeah, yeah i said at the mansion there's a spanish guitar version of ron's theme during the pool party <laughs> i was like guitar version you would know better the music style but yeah it was like oh yeah that's that's the theme they actually had it so i thought that was a great reference yeah they were trying to give it like a laid back like island or beach five or something so yeah it was like pseudo Jimmy Buffett style version of yeah. the theme. Yeah, yeah, you could hear it played on the same playlist as like Margaritaville or something. So the kids are all in the pool. Professor X is by the edge with Storm. And they mentioned that he's been cleared of all the charges. And then I don't know how it was for you, because when I watch, I watch on my, my computer because it's easier for me to start and stop to take notes. I had to actually turn on the captions to hear what was going on, because there was like an awkward pause of anybody talking. And I guess it was Kitty was talking shit about Kurt shedding in the pool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was fur in the pool. Like. Yeah. It was like, ew, gross. There's fur all over the place or something like that. For some reason, I barely heard anything audible. 
And then when I turned on the captions, I was like, okay. It was like, cool, you're cleared of charges. Five seconds of weirdness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always watch the captions because I I can't hear without captions. This is maybe it's a processing thing for me. But I like that line. I, it, was, it was funny. I think the whole thing about this pool scene is like, oh, we're back to normal for the most part. Also, we don't always abuse these teenagers. I mean, he, he as far as our headcanon is, he was the one that gave Scott his car. So, yeah. And as someone with a walking fur ball in the house, I can attest that if you drop this thing into water, there will be a lot of fur in the water. So that is probably a valid complaint if you're swimming like a human sized fur ball. And then they give Evan his awkward like, oh, everybody likes him moment because he's like, hey, watch this. And he does the most impressive jump into the air I think I've ever seen because they've not acknowledged that this kid has like superhuman strength or anything like that. He's just a very athletic kid who makes spikes. So he jumps really high in the air. I guess gets nervous as he's in the air and proceeds to land on Kitty's pool float uh, and just goes right through it with all the spikes. And that's how the episode ends. So we And those pieces of rubber all in the pool. Unlike some of the episodes in the majority of 92, it actually ends on like a happy feel good moment. Yeah, which you hope so, because these are like literal children. And I hate kids. So instead, instead of the laughing ones at the end of the Saban episodes. Yeah. And I actually because we mentioned that in the recording that went live on Monday, I did let the credits play out to the end. There are no laughing kids there. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. I like this episode. I'm going to really like this show. I can see why people you know, watched it then. I just didn't watch it because I was in college at the time and just busy trying to survive. But yep. It's a fun episode. New character. You know me, I like anything, any, any extension of lore from Storm, and I feel like this is really believable that she has a, a nephew that she's kind of mentoring and she's being the cool auntie. Yeah, and and the fact that they explain, like, yeah, there is a genetic link between mutation. Don't really think that got explored. Aside from the, oh, if we have kids, they're going to be a mutant. But then Scott and Jean in 92, the child part was never acknowledged. Mm -hmm. So in this one, it's like, oh, yeah, there's something that could be, what is it? What's the kind of gene that skips? What's recessive. Recessive, yeah. It's like it's a recessive scenario. So Yeah, yeah. I guess we don't know if Devin's mom or dad was Storm's sibling. I think she said... It was a sister. Yeah, it was was to the mom. Sister, yeah. Yeah. I'm freaking so much stuff already. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Rod Um, watched this 45 minutes before we started tonight. (laughs) Not not even joking, yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh, okay, John is hopping on the Discord at 6.30. That means if I put both episodes on starting at 5.40, then we're safe. Yeah, I, I said five so I could have dinner in between, but that was about it. <laughs> Fair. I, I love that I was not that far off. No, no, yeah. I, it needs to be in close proximity to recordings just so I get something right. But yeah, it reminded me very much of the vibe of the book called X-Men Academy, which was around the time of House of M, and it was like a bunch of these new characters who were like just becoming mutants and stuff like that. Not sure why they didn't include Spike in the comics, but I feel like he would have fallen very well into that grouping. It may just be because his powers were so close to Marrow that they just decided it would have been a redundancy. He also had a character in Academy nicknamed Rockslide, who think of as a mutant version of Thing from the Fantastic Four, essentially. So maybe it was just like, oh, we have too many that are too close to this kind of scenario by the time they would have put him in. And if he was just created for the show, it might have been one of those things where... you know, another surprise if you don't know me, tying back to Mortal Kombat. The Mortal Kombat movie has a new character named Cole Young. Nobody wanted him. He's just in the movies now. They're never going to put him in the game. If they put him in the game, like it'd be like kind of futile. So I, I wonder if that like they're they feel like that was Spike. They're like, oh, he's he's specifically for his evolution. Sure. Okay, Let, let's 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 go on our Mortal Kombat tangent for a second. I watched a video for I'll give credit to them from What Culture Gaming. And they were talking about some of the worst Mortal Kombat characters. There's a fucking mocap character in Mortal Kombat. Yep. There's meat. I remember meat. I remember playing as meat when that came out. But mocap with a a K. Oh, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But also, even if you go back to the original trilogy, Mortal Kombat 3, there's a character Striker. He's a cop. Not even like a supernatural cop. Just like a cop that got stuck in the middle of everything. And his power is gun. Yeah. his, his, (laughs) yeah, his, His move is gun and nightstick. Yeah. Yeah. And he can kind of jump. I think that was and point. I want to say he has one of the worst fatalities. Like his fatality was tasering somebody to death, and they literally yeah, yeah. just smoked. Like it wasn't even like they blew up or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was still fun to play because it was just kind of funny to see like a dad. He didn't even like look specifically athletic. Like he just had like 
dad bod. He was wearing a t-shirt. And... Yeah, and he had a hat on backwards. Yep, yep. That's how you knew it was the 90s. Ugh. Thank you guys for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments of either the YouTube upload or Instagram post for this episode. Make sure to keep yelling at Rod on TikTok. And if you like what you heard because you found us randomly on YouTube, which we had a few people say in the first episode of Evolution that they were like really pumped we were doing this, and I've never yeah. seen comments from them before, so... Thank you guys for those shout outs. Follow us and rate us on the podcast app of your choosing. Rating podcasts is the number one way for new podcasts to be discovered. We're not new anymore, but I've also literally heard stories about podcasts that were two years old and all of a sudden get an influx of ratings. And when they get an influx of ratings, they get an influx of new users and viewers. So we would love to have that happen. It also helps that it was what the final three episodes of X-Men 92 that I finally got us on the iHeartRadio feeds. <laughs> so welcome. Yep. Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and see you next week. That's, that's all I got. I don't have a good outro. 